Hi, Future Ben here. Just jumping on really quickly to let you know that we've got a listener feedback survey live right now. And we'd really appreciate if you took two minutes to fill it out and let us know what you're thinking about We Speak Common. There's a link in the description of this episode, but you can also find it by heading to our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. And if you're a Patreon member, there'll be a link posted on the Discord server. The survey's live until the 2nd of December. Thanks. This week, I'm joined by my wonderful other half, Phoebe, to talk about running animal companions, mounts and familiars. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to another episode of the D&D podcast for everyone, because here we speak common. This is a show brought to you in partnership with The Dice Dungeon, your one-stop shop for beautiful, pristine and premium D&D dice made in resin, glass and metal. And of course, all the D&D books and paraphernalia you could need. Just head to The Dice Dungeon. There's a link in the description below. You can get 10% off your entire order using the code we speak common at checkout. Sort out Christmas with the Dice Dungeon. We're also brought to you in partnership with Describe, where you can go and get all of your box text for your home games written by professional creative writers. They've got thousands, and I mean literally thousands of scenes written now, including from the player perspective. So if you want to know how to talk about, you know, casting that wicked spell or swinging that heavy sword, they got you covered. 10% off your subscription every single month for the first two years using the code COMMON at checkout. And this month, you know it. We know it. We're brought to you in partnership with Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped. You can uh, have the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They are the champions of the world in that very niche market. Uh, Manscaped can give you 10% off the Lawnmower 4.0 and anything else you order for them. No, 20% off. It's, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still getting used to it. Plus free worldwide shipping. Use code COMMON at checkout. Of course, we'll talk about our partnerships at some point during this episode. But first, right here, right now, Phoebe Hammond joins me. How you doing, Phoebe? Hi. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute. Has it? Has it been a hot minute? I feel like we talk to each other all the time. Every day, maybe. Who are you? <laughs> sorry, what, what are you doing in my house? I, sorry, what? Yeah. Um, it's been a hot minute since you've been on the podcast. Yes. Yes. How you doing? You all right? You good? Yeah, good. How's how's life? Yeah, happy, healthy, thriving. Wealthy? You know? Not quite there, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how is D and D life for you right now? Because people hear my side of it all the time, but how is D and D for you right now? Woof, Dindy's. Did you just say woof? Woof. Okay, all right. No, it's it's good. We so what am I playing right now? I'm playing Tyranny of Dragons. Yeah. I'm playing Tomb of Annihilation. Tomb of Annihilation, and we need to sort of semi finish Stradmaster tonight in space. I don't tell people that. We did that in one night, obviously. We, we, yeah, we did. We Technically, did. we did. We did. You just got to fight the guy. Yeah. Yeah. How did I, that go? Because I wanna. Huh? The Stramus Dice Night. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. In space. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, I played a monk, which I had never played before. So that was fun and interesting. Because you always hear about all of the dope things that monks can do. and um, It's funny you should say that because 
there's either you're either one of two people. You're someone who thinks monks are really cool, or they're not cool at all. What's your takeaway? Bear in mind, it was one night at level six, so I felt a little bit repetitive. Okay, I won't lie. Like I felt like I was doing the same thing a lot, but. Mm. Maybe I just didn't like, I don't know. You felt that way about your swords bard, though, eventually, because you were like, oh, I have a routine of the things that I do every time. I mean, eventually, yeah, because I knew exactly what was going to, you know. What was going to work. Yeah, exactly what was going to kick out the most damage. And and obviously that was the thing I was going to use, you know. I think, don't get me wrong, there was moments where we would definitely use the flavour that she had, but... Yeah. Yeah. I think the sword bard. She got there in the end, but it was just because, like, like I say, it was just good. It was just what I was always doing was very good. So I kept doing it. Yeah. You had a very unique setup with her. I yeah. think um, that's how I feel about fighters. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love magic anyway. That's me. But I always feel like, oh, I get, mm-hmm. if I play a fighter, I kind of get stuck in my way. And I remember when we played our um, high end, like, one shot that uh, Joe was playing a fire boat, an archer fighter, and was just firing six arrows every round because why would he not? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that is the thing. And and I did feel a little bit like that with a monk, but like I say, it could have been because I didn't really overly look like that deep. Like Because it was just a one-shot, it was just one night, it was just a fun Halloween game. Like I didn't overly do ridiculous amounts of research into being a monk made it last um, minute as well didn't yeah, you? yeah yeah so you know i was well, that's very very busy i think that's something we can some i remember who i think ben from dice dungeon was like was playing a monk and joe used to rib with him all the time so i think i know that there are people that love monk i've never played mm. monk because um i don't want to shatter the illusion but i haven't played every class in the game i have played some before you now You've played Monk before me. And Artificer. You play, you've played Art. I haven't played Artificer. I loved Artificer. You've played Barbarian. Artificer. Is Barbarian what you're playing in Tyranny? What are you playing in Tyranny? She's a f- fighter, I think. I can't even... Yes, she's yeah, a battle master. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you've played that before me. Oh. I've never played a fighter. I, like, no, I quite no, like I her. No, I lie. I've played a fighter in a play-by-post. And playing mm. a fighter in a play-by-post. I quite like her. And um, <laughs> I've just completely lost my train of thought. I'm mean, great. Stop squeaking that chair. It's going to be a hell for me to edit later. Sorry. See, I can tell you off. I can't tell other guests off. But you, I'm like, uh, I will tell you off. Where the hell was I going? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We should move on to our topic anyway. <laughs> You were talking about classes that you've played, but we'll we'll uh, it'll come back to you halfway through the episode. And Artificer, I really loved, was where I was going with it. I think. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's something we should touch on really quickly. Ba- battle master? No, that's a fighter. You're playing the artillerist. They uh, are, yes. Yeah, in <laughs> Cosmic Causeway. Yes, in Cosmic Causeway. Which, uh, with this episode, would mean? Hang on, let me do the quick math. Because it won't have the series won't have finished. Bit countdown for our uh, 
Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Americans. Americans. You really um, didn't get that. <laughs> so episode five will have just come out for regular listeners. Ooh. Patreons will have just got the penultimate episode. Oh, episode six. Um, so that's great. And we are actually uh, Wesley uh, has gone on a little vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's back, he's back now. Actually, I think he came back today. The day we we're hope. recording, <laughs> we hope. I mean, lockdown. Uh, we will be doing our. Uh, meeting for what would effectively be season two of the cosmic causeway and then we'll start playing so it'll be a long way off season two will be a a, a, a bit of a way a bit of a wait if you're listening to this right now but um there are plans for it because we've had a really good reaction so and that's fun i mean even if we didn't you want to play it anyway, don't you? I want to keep going. I, I do too, because I'm really... I'm So season one, without getting too deep into this, because we have got something to talk about today, <laughs> season one is very much a fit-for-purpose kind of product. It's like meant to be a first starter adventure mm. for Spelljammer, and so that's why it kind of it ends, but it's also open. Um, so, like, it's got an ending. Season one has an ending, mm. but it's an open ending as well. Like, it closes the, yeah. the adventure, but it also leaves, like, the future in question. So we could do more if we wanted. And um, season two and on, if we do it, will be uh, more of a typical like D&D adventure. And I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it. And that might be a slightly biased opinion. But honestly, my best character I've ever played, mm. ever. I love her to bits. <laughs> I was going to say, most people, most people that we've had reactions from love her too. I feel like she could be a little bit Marmite. But she's got a very unique voice. Yes. But it's wholesome, fun, family entertainment. <laughs> maybe, I, I maybe, think, maybe not family entertainment. I think episode but it's three has some innuendos. Fun. Someone from work has been listening and he messaged me yeah. and was like, episode three's got loads of innuendos and I'm listening in the office. I was like, sorry. That's just all of our D&D games, though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. there's always something. We're, we're just big, like, teenagers. I wondered where you were going we're with that. We're like 14 inside, okay? We all find everything funny. So, yes, Cosmic Causeway, very good. And if you uh, want to get the private Patreon feed and get episodes a week early mm. um, and you don't want to wait another two, three weeks then the Patreon is the way to do that. Um, okay, let's talk about our topic today. So our topic today, uh, is there's a reason I've got you here instead of anybody else, um, is actually, I'm going to get the actual topic, the wording that was sent in, a request from uh, members of the Discord, the Patreon Discord. It's running animal companions in games, whether as battle companions, mounts, or familiars. Aha. Uh-huh. So we're going to touch on two of those, but focus in really on one of them because that's the one that you've got the experience with. So let's start with familiars really quickly. We've had, and you've, you, you've got experience in this, not as you, but as a member of a party mm-hmm. that had like three familiars. I think we had five. Oh my God. Yeah, we all just, we, Ben doesn't love familiars. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get into that. So we that. all just took the neck a bit. We'll get into that. <laughs> so there were five party members and three of them had familiars by the end. And one of them was a rogue who specifically multi-class into wizard to get fine familiar just for the f- the, the joke which is great um and <laughs> you can you can really tell how happy was, oh, was which great. was yeah great <laughs> absolutely great uh, um 
And I don't love them because I think they're... I just I feel like they're a little bit cheap in the sense that people are like, oh, I want a familiar. And I'm like, okay, cool. What is it? They're like, oh, it's going to be a pseudo dragon. And it's it's going to be like my pet and we're going to have a lasting connection. So, mm. And that sounds great. And then you're in the game and it's like, well, if it dies, I just bring it back. So I'm going to send it in and put it in front of danger all the time. Yeah, and risk whereas... this loving animals life. Yeah, but not whereas really. if, if it were not real life, obviously that's yeah. really good. But like, you wouldn't send your dog into a burning building to find out whether it was there was treasure inside. You know? Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't do that with a no. with a cat that's not going to come back to life. But with a familiar, you could. Should be like it's fine. And I know what the I know what the really? answer. The answer is like, oh well, the spell requires the material components of incense that's actually consumed by the spell, so track that and then they can't just bring them back whenever they but want like, but I'm like but they can still just bring it back yeah and like how hard is that material component to find I yeah feel like, I feel like you could get that anywhere well I mean not anywhere you're not gonna be like dep- I mean well no, yeah not but anywhere, you could but... stock up quite easily yes you could the answer to that is um like conjure woodland beings or something do you know what I mean or like conjure animals send them in <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, yeah, that's what we've done in the past. I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a cheap trick on a DM, but it yeah, it's a bit. But we have almost kind of had to do it at points. Where was it? We used to we were like, uh, Wes used to send spiders in. That uh, I don't remember what game that was, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. So you can do that, but that's that's my problem with familiars because I feel like they just kind of that. <sighs> There's no easy, there's no good way for me as a DM to put weight on the choices that you make with your familiar. It's like a damaged sponge. Well, no, because they've only got like a D4 of health, but they don't have much health. Like they yeah, will, if you, if you hit them with something, they're, they're gone, mm. but you can, you can just bring them back. Whereas mm. I feel like animal companions, they add a level of like, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but they add a level to the story because it's, it's, there's actual risk to it, you know. They're a, yeah, they're a lot more lifelike. They they're like another party member, yeah, whereas they, yeah, a, a familiar exactly, yeah. isn't at yeah. all. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, running familiars isn't tricky. It's a spell. It's like running any spell. They can. <laughs> they're often used by clever rogues who have a familiar that's a bat that flies in front of the enemy to give them advantage on their attack, which allows them to have sneak attack damage. And, you know, it's like... Joe. Yeah. Which, fair enough. Fair, like, yeah, okay, that's a great use of, of, a, of a familiar. It's like, I'm going to use my familiar to distract them. How? I'm just going to flap it in front of his face. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but that would be distracting in real life. I mean, you know? yeah, it would be You know, awful. if there's an owl, like, you know, owl. Owl. That was my hand. Owl. Owl. Um, if there was a, if there was a owl, a owl, no Americans are going to get that reference either. A owl, a owl, it was an owl. It was a owl. A owl. Anyway, <laughs> so you've got an owl. I'm not sure English. half of the English people will get that. I didn't even remember what that's from. It's an old E4 show. It's the phone shop one. Yeah. It was a owl. It was a, a owl. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you saying? A owl. You know, hoo hoo. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> If you've got an owl flapping in your face, it's gonna it's gonna be distracting. So fair enough. Like that is a that's a justified use of the spell and of a familiar. Yeah. And as a DM, like I just have to be like, okay, if you fine, fine, you can you can send your familiar out, but people will target it. Then if what did you do owl. for that? Did you just gain advantage or what did I, what did I do as a DM? Yeah. 
Well, like if, say, Joe sent off this bat to flap in front of an enemy's face, or is that just or a, 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 owl or a owl? A owl, yeah. Does it just then would Joe get advantage? I the, can't really remember. Um, I can't remember the specific wording, but it it's it's something like. Uh, Hang on, I, I actually kind of want to double check. I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> it's it's something um, like they actually. can distract. Uh, and that gives you advantage. So I might be getting this wrong now. I'm worried I'm getting it wrong. Hang on. Or it's or it's like Joe used the fact that a rogue can have advantage on an attack Sneak if, if an ally is within five feet or something like that. Hang mm. on. I'm gonna I'm gonna check this. We're going to do a live on the show fact check here, guys. Uh, bear with me. Freedom of movement, fire shield, flaming sphere. Uh, oh, God. Where is it? Fireball. That's not it. Finger of death. That's my favourite spell. Here we go. Also, yeah, it's a first level spell. Let's not forget. Um, yeah. So you only... can literally just multi-class into wizard and be like... Yeah, maybe even an arcane trickster. I don't know. I'd have to double check. Yeah, and it is only ten gold pieces worth of charcoal, incense, and herbs. This is what I'm saying. It's, so not, it's not. It's not hard to not stack hard. up on. Um, you gain the service of familiar, a spirit that takes an animal form of your choice: bat, cat, crab, frog, toad, hawk. Blah 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 blah. Um, in de- acts independently of you, but it always obeys your commands in combat. It rolls its own initiative and acts on its own turn. That's very important. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, just have it act. On my, on my turn. I'm yeah. like, no. It specifically says it, it rolls its own initiative. That's a balancing choice. It rolls its own initiative. Uh, familiar can't attack, but it can take other actions as normal. Uh, when it hits zero hit points, it disappears. If it's within 100 feet, you can communicate with it telep- telep- telepathically. Telepathically. Uh, you can temporarily dismiss <laughs> it. Uh, you can't move. You can't have more than one familiar. You can cast the spell, deliver a spell. With a range of touch from a familiar, yeah. So I'm not sure how he was doing it. I I don't know if it was just like a rule of cool. <laughs> no, it wasn't a rule of cool. He because Joe wasn't a rule of cool person. He was very much a oh. Very much. In the rules, I can do this. So I think it was probably. And I'm going off like memory now. I'm trying to remember how he justified it. But he obviously he obviously justified it because I allowed it. He did obviously justify it, and it would have been a great argument. Do you know what I mean? If only we'd recorded that. He would have really set up. Maybe I'll have to ask him when he's back. Like, Joe, can you come on the podcast? We're seeing him soon. We are going to see him soon. Um, Real soon. Here we go. Rogue. And then I'm pretty sure if I go to sneak attack, uh, you don't need advantage on an attack roll if an enemy of the target is in five feet of it, the enemy. If another enemy of the target is in five feet. So I think that's how he was... Right, okay. Or there's an action that you can do. I don't know. Like, can I... Can I, I think it was, do you can I give, distract do you wanna, him? Do you want to give up on this? <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was like, can I distract him with my flapping owl? And I was like, that makes sense, sure. Like, yeah. And then he did it once and I regretted it. Because, yeah. I can't get that book back in its audit it layer. Um, so yeah, familiars. Don't let your party take a piss, basically. Yeah. Is my advice. Yeah. There's a rule. It's in the spell. Stick to it. Let them have their own initiative, not act on their turn, and they can deliver touch spells, not any other spell. Because that's another one. People are like, oh, I can cast any spell from my familiar. Mm. And they're like, I'm going to give my familiar dragon's breath. And I'm like... And then does that... Mm. Like, it, it does have to touch it. 
<laughs> it doesn't have to touch the enemy if, if it's a touch yes. spell. Yeah, yeah, like if you're going to cast, the idea is that yeah. you would go, I'm going to cast Shocking Grasp, but I, the wizard, don't want to get next to the barbarian, yeah. so my bat's going to do it mm-hmm. and fly off 160 uh, mm-hmm. feet for me and then do it. Mm. Not, I'm going to touch my familiar, give it a yes. dragon's breath of acid and then have it fly around spewing acid, which is something that's happened in our games. And I've gone, oh, I understand why this isn't a thing. If it is a thing, correct me. It's a stupid thing, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm. Doesn't feel like it should be. I mean, I could be wrong. I have allowed it in the past. I regret allowing it. What? Mm. What? I can imagine that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you're like, oh my God, he's taking a stance. He never does that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I usually sit on the fence. Okay, so then let's talk about mounts. Mounts, really quickly, are... You've had a mount? No, I haven't. Is Timble? No. Oh, I thought I thought Timble wrote a, like... Corgi? Yeah. I wish, no. Oh, it was just what you wanted. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> mounts are very underpowered and underwhelming in D&D because of the lack of, like, structure around their rules. Uh, there's a section in one of the editions of Arcadia, which is the MCDM magazine in inverted commas it's not a physical mag uh that gives you new mounted combat rules but those are very powerful very strong especially if you've got power if you've got party if you have like a one-on-one game they work pretty well to help balance out a player against you know multiple enemies but in a in a party game they're they are ridiculously strong and they're How like because so? i don't think anybody's ever had a mount in so in base D you 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 don't you you have to if I again remembering correctly you use your action to move the horse like you're like I'm going to get my horse to go here we're recording quite late tonight uh, that is why yeah <laughs> our memory is not doing great but like it's like you can't there's no, there's not a there's not a very streamlined rule set for mount combat basically like there are, there's a cavalier who's a subclass of fighter who's all about mounted combat, right? Mm-hmm. But then the, the rules for mounted combat are like three lines and it's like you can attack from horseback and you can your horse will move where it's going to move. And it's like, okay. Then MCDM put out their own mounted combat rules which were like, okay, your horse is trained by you and it uses your proficiency bonus to make it more than just a standard horse and then it gets these special attacks and you can use your move you know you use your move action for the horse that's it that's what it is in manic combat as written you, it's not your movement the rider's movement action it's the horse's movement action so you have to wait for the horse's turn to move, to move and then have your turn but obviously the horse and you roll on different initiatives do you then trigger an opportunity attack uh if you are willingly to moving, the horse it would be to the horse, not to you. Not to you. Because you're not willingly moving. Yeah, so it's all kind of like a bit just like... Uh, like it's a bit jammy, in it? So like the mounted <laughs> combat rules in um, MCDM are like, it's your movement, you and the horse act as one creature, you train the horse, when you get stronger, the horse gets stronger because you're using your proficiency bonus to like, it's like hit points plus proficiency, attack plus your proficiency, mm-hmm. which is something that um, you see on like the homunculus and... Um, other creatures in like artificer like that that is a rule that what's it mm-hmm. use like plus proficiency bonus mm-hmm. um and then it's like the horse can have 
attacks as well. It's like the horse has a hoof attack. Like it can kick, yeah. Yeah, but it also gives them special abilities. So they're Mm. very strong. I think if you're running mounts and if you want to run mounts, the easy fix is player and mount operate as one creature. So the if if because if you're like put it this way, if you're a fighter on a horse, you're not gonna use your attack action to have the horse kick someone, are you? You're gonna use your fucking flame tongue sword that mm. you found in that dungeon that one time. So it makes sense to say while you, Phoebe the fighter, are on your <laughs> horse, uh Jennifer, you use your you using your movement action just uses the horse's movement and you work as as one in tandem. And then you can swing with your sword. How would you then take damage? Well, I would, would say the person be I would say the, the, the goblin is is te- is within five feet of you, and he's got multi attack. He's going to swing once with his sword against Jennifer and miss, and once with his sword against you because okay. you're on the same square. You're just up higher. Um, if they can feasibly reach you, then fine. And again, with ranged, doesn't matter. They can mm. target either mm-hmm. creature. So the horse would still have its own HP, but you would just you're in terms you're just of just on movement, like a little podium essentially. <laughs> yeah, in terms of movement, you would just move. Yeah, as one, and that would be that. And then I think like, oh, well, what about dismounting? Okay, well, dismounting takes half your speed. What? And just imagine, in like, oh, what was the place that was like really technologically advanced that we went to in Waterdeep? No, no. I'm just imagining, sorry, I'm just imagining like mounted knights on segways. <laughs> Where the fuck would that be in Waterdeep? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Like, 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 no, I swear it wasn't Waterdeep. It wasn't. It was. No, of course went- it wasn't. That makes no sense. We went somewhere and it was where we used, like, where we started using gun rules and stuff like that. It was like a city. What are you talking about? We played a game. <laughs> I don't think mad. we did. I think this was a dream. A city where we used gun rules. Yeah. What? No, I'm imagining is like a police officer on a Segway. <laughs> I man. have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. Anyway, okay. So it's like, okay. Well, what about dismounting off the horse? Well, it would take half your speed to dismount or mount. Um, you can add in fun little rules like, what if I want to leap off my horse? Okay, we'll make a acrobatics check and it'll use 10... in like full-on dressage. <laughs> yeah, and it'll take 10 feet of your movement to leap off the horse and land somewhere and then you've got the remainder. on my horse. So it's like, well, what if I want the horse to move but then I get off? It's like, well, then you get into that grey area of, okay, well, if the horse's speed is 60 and a person's speed is 30... And they're like, what if I let my horse move 60 feet and then I get off and move 30? No, that's a, that's a, that's two movement actions there. That's a dash. That's being a dodgy boss. That's being a bit dodgy, yeah. <laughs> but if you're like, what if I want my horse to move and then I get off? And I'm like, if you're going to get off, your speed is 30. So you can move up to 30 feet. If you're moving the whole way on your horse and the horse's speed is 60, you can move 60 feet. That's the yeah, rule I would make. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, well, what if I, I want my, that. what if I want to dismount and get off? I'm like, well, then it's going to cost half your speed to dismount, and then you've got 15 feet to move because you're getting off the horse. Yeah, I get that. Because you're using your person's movement because you're going to dismount, not your horse's movement. Yes. Cool. I agree. Let's leave mounted combat there because I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Anna, 
animal. Segway combat. Let's not. No, no, no. If you want to run a futuristic D and D game with Segway combat, then be my guest. But I'm not going to tell you how to run it. Speaking of segways, really? That's how you're going to set me up? That that's what you want to do? Speaking of animal companions, we've been joined Hi, by baby. Tabitha. Hi. You probably won't even be able to hear her meow in the. Uh, I'll have to volume up, boost her meow. There. Yeah. Tabby, come say hi to, to all of the people. Uh-huh. She's like, she loves sniffing my cupboards and I don't know why. I've not got anything in there. There might be incense in there, actually. Yeah. For my wizard spells. Sage. Yeah. She's probably like, why are you both up here? Why is no one downstairs playing with me? I'm bored. Why is nobody watching Avatar tonight? (laughs) You'll hear her now. Say hello. Say thanks. (laughs) No. (laughs) She said no. No. Okay, go downstairs, hun. We'll come play with you later. Okay, speaking of animal companions. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) All familiars, I suppose she could be familiar to. Um, You've had animal companions. I have. You've had, well, I'm counting one that wasn't an animal in that, but we'll get into that. You had your first animal companion, Oberon the Owlbear. Yeah. Talk to me about Oberon. Oberon, class love, honestly. <laughs> um, so, it was when I was playing a druid called Luna, and I think she was one of... She was one of my first characters. Yeah, she was. She wasn't your first, because your first was Vidya. Vidya. I think she was my second, because I think it was the second campaign we did. Was it Esra? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Luna was a moon druid. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were walking, like, through the woods, and... She had like a great animal handling, <laughs> like perfect proficiency. Yeah. And um, we had like a groaning or something. And I went to investigate, and it was a fully grown owlbear. Hurt. And there was, yeah, something really wrong. So I used my like amazing animal handling and nature checks and just being the sweet person I was to approach said Albert, finding out she was female and she was giving birth, but she was not doing very well on her own. Mm. Um, so I helped her out. I think I must have like spe- uh, done speak with animals or something. No, you didn't. You didn't no, speak it was with just them. like... She died. She was yeah, very hurt. She'd she was very fight. hurt and I helped her give birth and then she died. Um, Leaving this poor little baby Albert just all on his own in the world. So I decided that I would look after him yep. because I helped give birth to him. So um, he had a baby Albert. Yeah. And I think you guys were like level four. Mm. So his baby Albert can do much. Can no, do I, I pretty much, I think I like strapped him to my back. You did. <laughs> like, you, have you ever seen those dogs in backpacks baby, and their legs strollers. just like... Yeah, flapping out. Yeah. <laughs> out the back. Yeah. It was like that, but with an owlbear. Um, and it was that for a long time. And we, we fed him 
like every night we'd go and like little fish. And he and was stuff. mischievous. And oh. I played, I played up on how he would get in trouble. Yeah, he was naughty. And he would mess up your plans. He would. Yeah. He liked to. He liked and to mess. People freak with, out when they saw him. Yeah, he, he, he liked to. There. He liked to mess with Joe's evening quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, Galahad. Yeah. This is the yeah. This is the campaign we get. Those of you who've heard. Joe talk about his paladin, paladin, paladin. Yes, paladin is a god. Mm. Um, talking about his paladin. This is that campaign. Um, and uh, Joe sort of became his adoptive father <laughs> to yeah. Oberon. Yeah, um, yeah. So, which is weird. <laughs> so, you, eventually, Oberon got to a point where he wasn't a fully grown owlbear no but he was old enough that he could do things mm-hmm. so I gave you a like dumbed down owlbear stat block yeah though he wasn't didn't have, didn't have as many hit points wasn't quite as strong mm-hmm. but could you know do stuff yeah um, and we started having uh, you roll initiative for Oberon in combat yes how do you feel that experience went of having your character sheet but also that animal to use as well. I loved it. It it made me really um, feel like I had a bit more power. Like, which is funny. You should say that because you're playing one of the strongest classes. Yes, that's very true. And one of Luna's things would be that she would um, conjure animals, and she would conjure eight brown bears. Mm-hmm. And they would just rip to pieces anything, pretty much, to be fair. Um, But Oberon, for a very, very long time, because we did have to play in a sense of him growing up. Like, so for a very long time, we didn't take him into combat. Yeah, because I think I gave you the option. You had a wizard friend who was like, I could take him to a different plane and he could grow up. And you were like, Mm. no. Yes. Because I I gave you the option to, like, Mm. speed that up. If yeah. you wanted to. I mean, there would have been a cost to that. Yeah. I can't remember what I decided, but I know that there, there would have been a cost to it. But um, yeah, you, you, yeah, you decided against it. So he, he couldn't do a lot for a very long time. Yeah, I, I, we left him out of it for a very long time because I became really protected. He was my little baby, you know? Yeah. Um, And even when he did start coming into combat, he'd go in and then come out and then I'd be like, oh, I'm too worried about him. Like, no. You'd take one hit. Yeah, like, I'd be like, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> but I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and that, I think, is how I would want... Familiars. I was just going to say animal companions in general. Like, I want them, I want you to have a connection to them. Yeah, I don't want to just be like... Yeah, yeah, they should just be like a pit dog, you know, mm. that you're going to send in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but like, the whole party, like, everyone just cared about Oberon. Like, mm. it was... It was it was very sweet. He was yeah. He was the group group pet. Yeah, he was like our little golden retriever. You know, like he literally had golden retriever personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and does. and yeah, he wasn't like a normal Albert. He was very human in his mannerisms. Yeah. yeah. Because he was raised. By he him. was more like a dog than an yeah. Albert. Yeah. He was just an Albert. He was a fantasy dog, so he was yeah. instead of having the trope of him being a blink dog. It was an Albert. Yeah, and as he got bigger like you say he could do more and it was yeah it just added another element to combat because I wasn't just thinking about what I was going to do I was then thinking about what he was going to do and how hurt he was and Mm. it just yeah it just gives you a lot more to think about and 
also, I'm quite impatient when it comes to combat and quite a fidgeter. So it's quite nice to have two, essentially two, two turns. turns in a round. Yeah. Because then I don't... Um, you don't get bored waiting. Not bored. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I'm not waiting not for too long. Yeah, I'm just not... not waiting for so long because we do. Uh, we did at that point have five, six? Five. Oh, six including you, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, and then however many enemies, like it would, it would sometimes take quite a long time. So it was quite nice to know that I wasn't going to be waiting for just my turn. Yeah, and it's I not, that. it's not that you're getting bored. I want to. Oh no! Commit, like just no. that you don't have to. You, your your attention wanders. I have a very small, short attention span. I mean, you've got ADHD. You can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you tell from me cutting to the segues? Yeah. Um. But yes, uh, it it did it did help with that as well. And mm. you can get animal companion character sheets now that go on the back of your character sheet that are like a like a not dumbed down, but a lesser version of a character sheet. It's like a stat block. Yeah, but it's not. It yeah. is, but it's laid out to fit your character sheet style, and it just goes on the back of your character sheet, kind of like what the back page looks like yeah. that we use, but where you would track, you know, appearance and backstory and feats and money and stuff. But it has, you know, this the area for their stats and their attacks and a little drawing of them or whatever that you want to do. I like that. Yeah. And if you are running an animal companion and you do have two turns in combat, you're going to need some really nice dice to roll mm. those turns with, aren't you, Phoebe? Mm. Yeah. See, I got there eventually. I have to link it in. It can't just be... Speaking of segues... I think you should have gone with the segues. There's no effort there. I think everybody's going to be really disappointed in that. Well... I think the segue joke was bang on. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I get it now, because we were talking about segways. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Oh, this is what I live with. I, I he might now. be good at D&D, guys, but like, life? Oh. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I see what you're going for now. What? I thought no. you were just making a joke about how a segway is a segway, but it's also a segway, not a... That's the joke. Yeah. It's not funny if you have to explain it. Sorry. Anyway, dice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the dice section have, have really nice D&D dice. They're made of resin, they're made of metal, and they're made of glass too. And right now, you can get 10% off your entire order, everything in your basket, if you use the code COMMON at checkout. I don't know about you, Phoebe, mm. but I'm very aware of the fact that there is another D&D book coming out this year. Another one. We've had enough of them. I had too many books, Wizards. Slow down. Put some more thought and time into them. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, joking. I'm joking i'm joking i'm joking please work with me wizards reply to my emails we love you wizards. um but there is another book coming out strix haven curriculum of chaos i believe it's called is out in December. It is a setting book. Yes, it's a Magic the Gathering setting book and some people might not be down for that, but it's a magic school setting book where you can have a side job as a barista while you pay off your student loans. <gasps> oh my God, can you play a chef? I mean, you can play a chef right now with the amazing chef feet. No, I mean, but like, you, you, that Phoebe, is, that's your dream. If you want to play a chef in my game. No, not me. Me? You. Yeah, I want to play a chef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, my point is, there's a lot of D&D books coming out this year. This is the last one before the new year, and we all know what's happening in January. That beautiful gift set is coming. That's going to hurt the wallet. So if you want to get this book, you haven't ordered it already, 
10% off at Dice Dungeon. They ship worldwide. You can use the code COMMON and that will apply to the entire basket. I think as well, if you're looking for a fun little gift, um, the are they mystery bags? Uh, yeah. Is that what they're called? I loved that. That was so much fun. Having a little mystery dice. And then I ended up with like the coolest dice. Well, this is the thing because we we got two bags of me and I, I said, which one do you want? Because they look the same. Yeah. And just, you opened yours up. Uh, you gave me, you took yours, you gave me mine. I opened mine and I got one of the sets that you can buy from Dice Dungeon. Really mm. nice set. I got the, the core bronze set. They're lovely. You can mm. buy them if you want them or you can get them in the mystery bag. You got a unique set that you can't buy. Yes. Which is like blue dragon scale. It's it's really so nice. cool. So I and mean, if you're looking for too. just a fun little gift for Christmas or birthdays or whatever, mm. and like you could get one that no one else has got. I think it's so cool. Yeah, um, it is the cheapest way to get metal dice from Dice Dungeon Two mm. plus ten percent off with the code Common. Um, okay, next one. Describe. We know it. You know it. If you're not that great at writing those epic scenes for your players, or if you want to be able to add in a little spice when you're casting spells as a player or maybe swinging that sword, those player scenes are available now. Yeah, be the salt meme guy. Mm. Uh, Phoebe's <laughs> doing gestures over there. You can't see it. It's an audio format, babe. Uh, then head over to describe DSCRYB.com. They now offer over 14,650 scenes. That's of places, monsters, spells. That's precise. And more. I checked recently. Mm. The collection keeps growing. It's just like box text for your favourite adventure book, but designed to be read aloud by you in your campaign or by you as a player in your friend's campaign. Uh, start the adventure of a lifetime with the help of Describe's finely crafted box text. Just visit Describe.com, D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. Use the code COMMON. 10% off every month for the first two years. Um, and if you are a DM who is pretty good at writing but not very good at coming up with ideas it's a great place to go get inspiration just scroll through them too mm, thank you Describe thank you Describe and thank you for the support of We Speak Common this month brought to you by Manscaped they are the best in men's below the waist grooming uh, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they are uh, they have just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 Yes, the 4.0. And if you listen to last week's episode, I chatted to Jeffrey about the fact that they did send me a 4.0. Mm. I've been using it. Mm. Very fun. Very fun. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I did a full body gardening. Uh, mm. And I'm a hairy man. Tell me about an hour. I mean, apart from your head. Apart from my head, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is hairy. Um, and, and it was a great experience. Really, really great experience. It's got a little torch on it too, so you can... Um, you can see everything. Oh, God. <laughs> 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code COMMON Ooh. at manscaped.com. Light uh, so up those dark areas. Light up, yeah. You, <laughs> you don't need dark vision when you're using the lawnmower 4.0. The upgraded trimmer <laughs> includes a multifunction on and off switch that uh, can engage a travel lock. So if you're going anywhere, like if you're traveling abroad now that the world's opening up again, mm. It's not going to sit in your bag and just start buzzing, oh, which trust that me, would be awkward. that is awkward. I've been there. It's really awkward. People look at you like, what if, what if you're oh, yeah, yeah. what are you taking on the holiday? I mean, people just hopefully just go, oh, he's a man that could be a razor. Well, hopefully. But that isn't where most people's brains no. go, is it? It is a 4,000K <laughs> LED spotlight. I'm just reading. So there you go. Oh. That's how bright it is. 
Yep. Get yourself 20% off free shipping with the code common at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code common. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. As we like to say, make your balls your favorite terrain. Because Rangers get favorite terrain. Mm. It's not as good when you have to explain it, is it? No, it's not. I should know. What? <laughs> I had to describe the segue joke. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> what? I need a cup of tea. Okay. Oh my um, God. Should we just should we just go to sleep and like record the rest? <laughs> we'll just pause it here, do the rest tomorrow when we're feeling a bit better, shall we? Okay. Christ. Oh God. Let's talk about Animal Companions again. So if I was to run Oberon for you now, mm-hmm. and I think if I was to run Oberon, if I, or if I was to continue to run Oberon, or if you were to have him like in adulthood, like he wasn't a baby, mm-hmm. how would we level him up? I would, I would pretty much implement the proficiency bonus thing. So once I think he'd be a standard stat block mm-hmm. until you trained him. Yeah. And that would be like animal handling checks a number of committed hours in downtime. Yeah, a lot of like in the evening and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like you know when you read, well, yeah. you know when you get a magic item, there's a book and it's like you have to read mm, mm. this book to get the effect and it's 20 hours worth. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Track how many hours of training you've put into training him and then when you get to a certain mark, depending on what kind of animal, uh, then you can apply his proficiency bonus, your proficiency bonus to his hit points. So let's say he's got 60 hit points. It's now 60 hit points, which is whatever dice equation plus your proficiency bonus, for example. I mean, that's a bit shit, but it's something. Um, would do the same for his skills and his attacks. It uses your proficiency bonus, mm-hmm. um, which I think is how they work in with the homunculus and stuff. Basically followed that algorithm, the way they do homunculus. A little bit, yeah. Um, and then the, like, levelling up with to stay in, like, uh, at some point you're going to be massively ridiculously powerful if you go all the way to like 20 and he's not so improve the ac can you get him armor and our bearing armor is cute i think we i think we might have he might have done that i think we got um, him leather armor can he can he get multi-attack like can you level him any yeah. creature can be leveled up if you're a dm who's made homebrew creatures or you've rebalanced old ones you know any creature can be modified so you know when the when Oberon reaches his level five, effectively, give him my attack if yeah. he hasn't got it already, you know, or or give him the ability to, you know, give him another ability. So if he's had um, multi attack, maybe give him, claw, yeah. yeah, give him magic claws. Like, oh, he's be, he's he's got magic claws now. They count as magic weapons. Like, you don't have to um, justify that he's now magical. You can just say, okay, for for purposes of attacks to make him scale with you because you're fighting demons now because you're level 10, you know, or whatever. Uh, his claws and beak count as magical attacks so they can get past resistances and stuff. Um, you know, when he, when you level, roll a hit die and for him and add that onto his hit points. Hmm. Give him more hit points as, as you level when he levels. So you level, he gains something. He doesn't have to gain a level, but he gains something. Yeah. Um, and I think... Like the sidekick rules are quite good to look at for stuff like that. Uh, obviously, that's different. They're meant to be people, mm. um, but there's there's inspiration there. There's actually a really good third party piece of homebrew that exists on Reddit 
that I feel like was called something compendium and there were loads of them and they were like here's one that makes a mind flayer a companion here's one that makes a beholder a companion those were out there on reddit somewhere on like the dnd subreds so check those out see how they're doing it people are doing this stuff go and have a look investigate Mm -hmm. it and then and play around with it and and see what you can get up to there's there's loads of different things you can do with with animal companions in terms of like scaling them accordingly for example, the Grey Render is a creature in, I think, Morden Canaan's Tome of Foes, and they are described as loyal to a fault, if you can... Oh, um, yeah, here we go. No, I was waiting for you to get it. If you can tame them, they're, like, lo- they're really loyal, and Joe really wanted one, and I had the party encounter <laughs> one. Uh, this is the party that already had an owlbear as well, oh, so I was being really... Fucking generous. Um, they encountered one, and the Joe blamed the party <laughs> because they kind of sodded his choices, his his chances over of of convincing this grey render to to follow him. And grey renders are quite powerful. I feel I feel like they're like a CR nine or something around there. They're quite strong creatures. So oh. you know you're not going to put a grey render in front of a level one party, and that's going to be its companion unless you do some work on the stat block and you make it like a baby grey render or or something. And it's all about tweaking the stat blocks, tweaking how many hit die they have, tweaking whether they have multi-attack or not. And it's kind of stuff, it's hard to give direct advice because mm. it's going to depend on what creature you're doing. But it's it's about playing around with it and getting the feeling right. And if it doesn't quite feel right, being able to talk to the player and adjusting it. With like any homebrew in that sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What mm. kind of creature would you want? If you could have any creature as an animal companion, what would you have? Plausible creature. Like don't turn around and say ancient dragon. I've always liked the idea of like a fey companion. There's not that many fey creatures though. No, I know. I mean, there's more. But I just, I, I think it's the Peter Pan in me. So, okay. <laughs> you could have an Almanage, the unicorn bunny, as a oh, familiar. Thank you. Yeah. This is the difference between a familiar and an animal companion. An Almanage, as a familiar, can't do much. An animal companion can have, eventually, you know, multi-attack. It can have 60 hit points. It can, mm. you know... Be a, a mount. An owlbear could be a mount, one hundred percent. I think, yeah, I think we worked on that um, for Oberon. I so think we got him a little saddle. You did. We, get did. Him a saddle, yeah. we got him a little saddle. So an animal I companion. I think we got up to the point where he was the size of like a donkey. Yeah, I think so. Like he wasn't quite horse height. Yeah, yeah. So like an animal comp- animal companion can be this. It can be a mount. It can be a companion. It can be a fighter. It can be a you know all these different things. But that does mean it can die. And that's the risk. It's another person in the party. It's another party member. Whereas a familiar is not that. A familiar just comes back. Puffs and comes back. Yeah, I remember Oberon used to have to like hop through Wes's spirit guardians. <laughs> not you mean you're thinking of the healing. Yeah. That's healing spirit. Spirit oh, guardians is something else. Damn, yeah. That's a damaging thing. Yeah. yeah, I think he had the little... Yeah, healing spirit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, let's talk about your other companion that's not an animal. <laughs> Ralph the Robot. 
Ralph? Ralph? Ralph the Wobot? So Ralph is... Well, you, t- you tell us who Ralph is. Ralph is from the Cosmic Causeway. Um, he is Bugs's little little friend, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so Bugs works at... Oh, remember your own backstory. Here you go. Oh, no. Can you not remember? I know it. Come on. You didn't even get the segue joke. You can't. Leave it out. She works at the Order. The Watchful Order. The Watchful Order of Majors and Protectors. Yeah. She's just a little little runaround intern, to be honest. But she is a tinkerer. She is an artificer. So she was starting to get very lonely and, um, you know. Not everyone, as the little intern, was treating her so great. So she made herself... Lots of coffee runs. A little friend. Um, One day she saw this little magnifying glass and she saw a face in it and the rest was history. She made herself a little homunculus robot. His name was Ralph. And he kind of... um, He's in a little can. And then his arms pop out and his head pops out. <laughs> he becomes and he animates. Yeah. He's a cute little guy. He goes bloop bloop. So the homunculus yes. is um a tiny creature and he, mm-hmm. he is he's he's literally a magnifying glass. Uh and it's hit Well his points. head is his face is the magnifying yeah. glass. He, yeah, he you look through his head, which is kind of odd. Um his hit points one plus intelligence plus artificial level. Um, Monkeys has a number of hit dice equal to four D, uh, hit dice D4s equal to your artificial level so it's um, it's kind of fun and then it uses that whole proficiency bonus in, in terms of uh, his proficiency bonus equals your proficiency bonus mm-hmm. so when he uses his skills where he gets proficiency mm-hmm. it's proficiency bonus times two so it says like skills perception is plus zero plus PB times two. Stealth is plus two plus PB. So it depends on um, the skills. And this is what I'm saying with Animal Companions. Like you can you can tweak these things. Like you can say, oh, I want, yeah, for that skill, he, you get to use your proficiency bonus. Oh, for that skill, you get to use your proficiency bonus times two. And you play around with these things and get them feeling right. Um, but he, he can't do a ton, but he can do enough. Mm. So he's got evasion which is nice because mm-hmm. he's got no hit points yeah and if he breaks you've got to fix him yeah uh he has a little attack which is only a d4 plus his proficiency your proficiency bonus is that his force force strike yeah. yeah but then as a reaction it can like a familiar deliver a spell mm-hmm. that has a range of touch so it's it's a homunculus is kind of basically a familiar but physical and can break. Yeah, and I think it depends how you play them as well. Like if your homunculus was, you know, is just a thing that you make mm. for it to die, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is is very different, but Ralph is is Bugs's friend. But this is the thing, the homunculus requires a gem or crystal worth at least 100 gold pieces. Mm-hmm. So if it, so like uh, the artificer homunculus is not like an animal companion. 
because as uh, like as I've laid it out, an animal companion can do all these things, but a, a familiar can't. Hankius is more like a familiar. But when a familiar dies, it's like, oh, I need 10 gold pieces worth of ingredients to bring it back. Then the homunculus dies. If that gem breaks, like, it depends how they die, right? If the homunculus, like, falls in lava. I feel like there's a... What? I think the stone stays intact. Well, yeah, but in the same sense that you can revive someone from death unless they get disintegrated. They oh, yeah, them. yeah, sure, yeah. Like, you know, if the, if the... There is, like, a rule for if they die, though. Okay, well, let me check it, then. This is why I said I needed her sheet, because he has a little stat block at the bottom. Yeah, he's got... I, I was looking at the stat block in the book. Um, You can determine, determine the, the look, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and this is the thing. The Monkless shares your initiative count, but takes its turn immediately after yours. Yes. I always think when running, I guess we're talking about running all these different things, mounts, animal companions, Monkluses, mm. and, and familiars. That ruling is different for all of them for a reason. And I think that's something I would put across is like, follow that ruling, don't change that. Mm. There's a reason animal companions roll different, a separate initiative. There's a reason homunculus is go after the player not whenever you want on their turn it's for balance reasons so use those don't change those um if it dies hang on uh if you or the homunculus dies it vanishes leaving its heart in its space which is yeah which is the the gem worth 100 gold unless of course where it dies is like a pit of lava yeah, then, or like it's like crushed in one of those pressure things. Where are you finding one of those on your adventures? <laughs> a hydraulic press? In apparently that steampunky city we went to. I don't know. What steampunky? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I have no idea what game you're talking about. Oh my god, it was um, Teflig. Teflig in that, in that town where he went into the big building. <laughs> that wasn't steampunky. No, I know, but it was like... And there were no guns. It was more advanced. No, it wasn't. The town you're talking about is Narpak, home of, of Galahad. No. No. What are you talking about? It's what? not. What are you talking about? It went in there, like flew up and like caused a big commotion in like a bank or something. I don't know. I have no idea oh what you're God. talking about. I think so annoying. There were no I hope guns. our friends who listen to this are like, oh my God, Ben's been such an idiot. You think our friends listen to my podcast? They do. No, they don't. Oh, Hi, honey. guys. Oh, honey. Hi, guys. <laughs> they don't, they, Hi, they, Sam. They, <laughs> Sam listens. They hang out with me Sam once, didn't play that game. once a week. That's enough. They don't need to listen to me talk about D&D on the podcast as well. <laughs> don't roll your eyes. It's true. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you throw me off. What were we talking about? Homunculuses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're not going to come across hydraulic press, but if they fall in love or if they get disintegrated by... Disc- I mean, if a wizard's using disintegration on a homunculus, then something's gone horribly wrong If there. a titan snaps his fingers. If a Tarasque steps on them, <laughs> you know, the gem's probably not going to be left behind. I mean, by the rules it should be, but... Yeah. <laughs> You know, but like you, you can by bend realism, yeah, you can you can bend that a little bit, yeah. Or you can say, yeah, the gem is still there at the bottom of that pool of lava. Why don't you go get it? 
And if they if they can think please, of a way of getting it. Please don't crush Ralph. You'll have to tune into season two of the Cosmic Causeway <laughs> to find out <laughs> what happens that. to that little guy. No, my little guy. I feel like we've just chatted and we haven't given many tips. I feel like that's a lot of our episodes tend to be conversational because we look at each other and we see like, do you know what I mean? We actually sit together. What do you see when you see me? When you look at me? That sounded like you were like, you were going to say, we sit and we look at each other and we see each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see so. your face is what I mean. Like, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's fair. I also feel like I kind of talked all over you. So, no, I don't care. It's your podcast. You do you, boo. You do you, boo. <laughs> um, what tips do you have for people playing with animal companions? I guess that's where we'll, we'll, we'll end things. I think it's much better to have a genuine connection to them. I am very glad that I stumbled upon my animal companion and I didn't have them from the start. Really? Yeah. Well, even if you like wrote in your backstory. No, I'm glad I got to experience the actual finding. Earth. Yeah, finding <laughs> of him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it, it, it was difficult. It was difficult to get, you know, an adult female Albert to trust me enough. And, and um, you don't need to do that. It doesn't have to be birth. No, no, of course. But like, I'm glad I had that experience. And I think it's, I think it, I would suggest doing that, like running their meeting. Meeting. Okay. Because that formed the connection for you. Definitely. And then it completely changed how I played them. Mm. Because he was someone I really cared about. Yeah. I would say then as well, then like, if you're going to have an animal companion that you're connected to, in the same way that we're all connected to the characters that we play, death is a thing that happens in D&D. Mm. It's part of the game. So you've got to be prepared for that being an outcome yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Oberon ever got overly close to dying. No. Um, mainly because he listened to my direction and I knew that if, you know, if he was whimpering, I'd get him out of there straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you didn't have as strong of a connection with your animal companion, they might not listen. Mm-hmm. My final tips will be then for the the DMs. Animal companions can bulk up a party. If you've got a big party already, think twice before putting them in. And if you've got a player coming and saying, I want to have an animal animal companion, make sure you lay down some ground rules, you work out how things are going to work, you talk about the potential death, the potential levelling up, um, you know, go and look at the homunculus, go and look at those different systems and think, okay, how am I going to, allow this creature to level or do I need to descale it? Am I going to use proficiency bonus? Is it going to gain a hit die when the player levels? Look at um, sidekicks and, and stuff like that and get, get some inspiration. There's no wrong or right way of doing it. I think it's going to depend on the game you're playing mm. and stuff, but play around with it. And and just like with homebrew items, uh, have the conversations with the players and say, look, I think we need to slightly readjust things. I think as a player as well, um, a really big tip 
don't forget about them when it comes to downtime. Yeah. Like when you are traveling, that's, that's they for, are there. That's one for, for DMs as well. Yeah. Like, oh, we're all going to go into the tavern. Okay, well, what are you doing with that bear that's following you? Yeah. Oh, we're going to go walk into the town. Okay. You've never been here before. No one knows you. You've mm. got a fucking bear. I, I did have to negotiate those situations because he was always with me. Mm. Um, and give them a personality as well, DMs. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're not just an animal. Give them, like, if you've got a pet, you know, your pet has idiosyncrasies and their own mm. things that they do. I mean, you heard Tabitha screaming. She loves to scream. <laughs> she, she's, she's not stealthy. She's, she's disadvantaged for stealth. <laughs> yeah, 100%. true. She was when she had a bell, big yeah, time. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> we need to go to bed. <laughs> I think we do. Um, thank you, Phoebe. You're welcome, Benjamin. That was weird. Thanks for joining me on this strange, strange episode. I, I don't know if we've done the episode, ju- I don't know if we've done the topic justice, but I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot here. So hopefully there's you some useful stuff. You threw spin on it. But yeah. At least. I don't fall asleep just yet. Um, <laughs> I usually allow people to plug things that they're doing at this point, guests. Do, do you want to plug anything? Maybe that sick hot D&D actual play podcast you're in? Yeah. I think that would be the thing I would definitely put. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... I mean, honestly, I'm not doing a lot else in my life. Cosmic Causeway, penultimate episode for standard listeners comes out next Tuesday, the final the Tuesday after that. If you're a Patreon member, it's the final next week. Oh, you're in for a treat. If um, you haven't even started listening yet, what are you doing? Honestly, I mean, best actual play out there. Oh, oh there here's she Tabitha. Is. Here she, she's probably just had a poo and she's going for a midnight jog. Yeah. yeah. You you want to come and plug something, Tabitha? What are you doing? Pooing. No, she's hiding behind you now. Um yeah, oh, thank you. She say yes. Yes. Uh if you want to get involved with the podcast, we speak common uh is uh, at hotmail.com is the email. We speak common at hotmail.com. Are you sure? I had a mini stroke there. <laughs> Drop us an email. Tell us the uh topics that you you want to hear and, and we'll talk about. Thanks, Tabitha. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have heard that one. She, that was a very weird meow. She's sick of us being up here. Um, we speak common. Hotmail.com is the email address. Send your topics in. Get in touch with us at We Speak Common on Twitter. We Speak Common Pod on Facebook. You can write it on a piece of paper, wrap that paper around a rock and throw it through my window. And if it's got a topic on, I will read it on the podcast. That's how things work. Please don't here. do that. Please I, don't. By all means, do that. No. Uh, if you want to support the show... But carry a pigeon. Oh, carry a pigeon. That's fine. Tabby loves pigeons. Harry she Potter style owl. Catch them. Owl. It's like poetry. Owl? We've gone full circle. You're going to send an owl? This is a very weird podcast episode. <laughs> I'm very sorry. If you want to support the show, you can share it with your friends, with the people who like D&D in your life. Uh, you know, check out the Cosmic Causeway, all that stuff. If you want to support it in a different way, there is, of course, the Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast because it means I get to do stuff like make more actual play content and, you know, do more stuff in general, put more time into it. It does get you access to written content that I've made for D&D, but also the, the, the best draw is the beautiful Discord server. Beautiful because of the patrons that are in it already. Those guys and girls 
absolutely make my day every single day. Come and join our community. It's small, but it's growing. And uh, we talk about all things, not just D&D. Mm-hmm. And it's private. So you, you are an elite member. If and you it's come very and sweet. It is very sweet. You, you do love them. You've been in there yeah. once or twice. You're not in there at the moment. You joined for the launch of Cosmic to mm-hmm. say hello to people and stuff, didn't you? It's very sweet. Mm. We love you, patrons. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm also actually on a Patreon power-up course at the moment, so there might be new rewards coming soon, so keep your eyes on that. Fun. Cool. Let's stop, because I think... I can't even see the clock from here, but I, it's over it an quits. hour. So, what? Let's call it quits. Let's call it quits. Mm. Phoebe, thank you. Can't wait to do this again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs>Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, do us a favour and share us with a friend or a D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support We Speak Common, you can by heading to the links in the description, either on this episode or via our social medias to find our Patreon. It's the best way to directly support the production of more shows like the one you listen to today. You can connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram at We Speak Common. The music in the episode is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.